Hey, Jason here. Today's video, we're going to cover an investment analysis. We're doing another one for Jonah Elston. Today, we're covering Fuel Cell Energy stock ticker FCEL. Um, before we get to that, though, I need to let you know you can get this video as a podcast anywhere in the world for Stitcher, Anchor, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and more. You can get this as part of the I Love Value Investing podcast anywhere in the world for free. And if you like this video and our other videos, make sure to subscribe. Um, hit the notification bell because we're releasing new videos all the time. You'll be notified every time we release a new video. Okay, so today I was supposed to be analyzing, where is it? Look at my notes over here. Apex Technology, stock ticker APXT for Kajona. He requested four stocks. I'm not going to analyze APXT for you, Kajona, uh, because it's another blank chat company like Lancadia. Um, see Wednesday's blog post or YouTube video for that. Frankly, there's not much to analyze in blank check companies because there's nothing there. They're just there to be bought out by another company, essentially. So there's not really much to analyze. And when I say much, if you didn't watch our Lancadia Holdings video, when you're going on Morningstar, there's literally zeros across the board, except for I think Elan Kitty had a little bit of debt, again, likely from there going public and being a publicly listed stock in terms waiting for to be kind of bought out by another company. Uh, again, I go into great detail on blank check companies in the Elan Kitty video, so make sure to check that out. But um, for those reasons, I'm not going to analyze Apex technology for you, Kajona. I appreciate the recommendation, but again, there's not much, really much to analyze there. So today I'm going to skip over to fuel cell, fuel cell energy for you, stock ticker FCEL. Before I get to the actual analysis, I may, depending on what we come across in the financials, reference past videos. Um, we've done past videos on stocks like Cody, ExxonMobil, US Steel, eBay, um, and a bunch of others. You can see those and all of those are linked in the video below this. If I reference something, for example, for goodwill and tangible assets, write downs impairments as one example, because I've talked about that several times, um, I will re reference those videos. Again, BlackBerry was one of those, Cody, ExxonMobil for a goodwill impairment, stuff like that. If you want to watch those videos, they're below this. Um, okay, now let's get to the analysis. Get this out of here. Okay, again, as always, I've done nothing here other than bring up the four tabs I need. And in this case, I don't really know what this company does. I'm guessing from the name, they build some kind of fuel cells. Um, but unlike eBay and some of the other stocks we covered, I don't know what this company does. So fuel cell power company, blah, blah, designed to manufacture cells, installs, operates. Okay, so it's in the kind of burgeoning uh, fuel cell arena and it generates most of its revenue from the United States followed by South Korea. Okay. From this number, I can tell they're unprofitable. Um, typically, again, I don't look for unprofitable stocks, but that's something to note here, $5.4 billion market cap. Um, I don't really care about price to sales, but that is gigantic. <laughs> um, 
uh, that, yeah, that's gigantic. So let's keep going before I make comments on that. Revenue rose from 70 million to 188 million in 2013 and then fell off from 188 million in 2013 to 65 million in the trailing 12 month period. I would want to know what that is. I wonder if that has something to do with tax credits expiring. I know solar companies had a bunch of tax credits that recently expired um, or dropped down in, in the dollar amount you could recover. Frankly, I don't know if the same thing is happening in the fuel cell industry, um, but I wonder if that has something to do with it. Either way, that's a cut of about two thirds in revenue. That's bad, frankly. It's never been profitable on an operating basis, operating income basis. Uh, never been profitable on a net income basis. It's earning per share are horrific. Negative $90.72 in 2010. And actually they're positive now, which frankly doesn't make sense because their net income is still negative. So I'm guessing this is an adjusted number here. Shares, ha! So I've referenced share dilution in a couple of videos. Frankly, off the top of my head, we've done so many videos at this point, I think we're up to 15 or 20, that I don't remember which one it was in. Um, but, so I will re-talk about it here at length because I can't remember the video. Share dilution. A gigantic, gigantic, gigantic issue for smaller companies. Think of share dilution or a company issuing more shares as, you can think of it two different ways. One way that I talk with students about, and I think one of my students, David, came up with this analogy, is think of this like a pizza. In 2010, combined, there were 1 million shares outstanding or 1 million pieces of pizza. Now... There are 197 million pieces of pizza outstanding, meaning your share ownership, if you own in 2010, has been diluted by 197 times. Not 197%, 197 times. Meaning the stock you, if you own since 2010, your stock is just based on the share dilution, worth 197 times less, just based on the dilution. Another way I like to think of this is think of share dilution and issuance of shares as inflation. In the short term, generally good thing, keeps economies going, um, keeps your kind of purchasing power and life, um, not life expectancy, your purchasing power going up over time. At least in kind of a fake sense. Because over the long term, inflation has destroyed 99% of the dollar uh, value of the dollar. And that is like, or similar to what share dilution is as well. Um, I like the pizza analogy better, frankly, because it's easier to understand. And if you don't really know what inflation is or understand it well, that might have not made sense. And I don't think I explained that very well. So I apologize for that. Um, so please reference the pizza analogy I just made if the inflation reference didn't make sense. Either way, this is share dilution for smaller companies is bad. Extreme share, share dilution is horrific. Um, one way to look at this, I can almost guarantee, unless there's been mass speculation, which there might have been in this stock, that 
its stock price has gone down a lot over time. And it has. From so this is a perfect illustration here of what share massive share dilution does to your stock. And this is actually so the share dilution, massive share dilution started here in 2010. From 2010 to today, its shares are down from $175 per share to 16, uh, just under $17 per share. That's largely because of share dilution. If you look back even further, back in 2000, during before the tech bubble crashed, it was selling for upwards of about $7,000 per share. I'm assuming there was some massive trans transition since then in the company's business model. But again, even then, just since 2010, its shares were selling for as high as about $300 per share, it looks like. Uh, 350, oh, we're still going, $400 a share in the beginning of 2010. Now they're $17 a share. Again, I can guarantee the reason I could guess that just from this number that their stock had seen a massive decline is because of the extreme share dilution right here. That's why share dilution is such a bad thing, especially for smaller companies, is because if it gets out of hand, company stock value can go down in this case, I'm not going to do the math, um, by 97 plus percent since 2010, since the dilution began. 97% loss ish. Again, I'm not going to do the math because it's somewhere around there. 97% loss plus since 2010 in this shares, in this company's shares because of the massive dilution. Um, again, problem for all companies an absolute killer for smaller companies book value per share again shows the dilution here they had a sorry i keep getting notifications on my computer they had a high book value per share of 49 dollars per share in 2014 now it's 30 cents per share again in part because of the dilution because there are more shares outstanding which dilutes the book value of each share and that i guess in turn lowers the value of or lowers the stock value of your shares again dilution isn't just it's bad uh, pretty much across the board free cash flow negative for the entirety of the last decade except for 2018 when it was positive six million <laughs> SG&A expense have gone up significantly as a percentage of their balance or as a percentage of their sales, but that's kind of to be expected because their sales have cratered since 2013. ROIC, again, I've talked about this in several videos um, that you can find below this. I automatically know that because this number is higher or in this case lower than this number ROE at negative 120% is lower than the ROIC at negative 40% rounded up that the company has not only has significant debt but this also illustrates why you need to be careful with debt because it's a positive leverage thing or it can be a positively uh positive leverage thing if you use it well if you use it poorly it 
amplifies your losses as well. What this means is that for every essentially dollar in sales, a company, uh, this company does, or one way to think about it is for every dollar in sales, fuel sale does, it loses $1.20. That's one way to look at this. Without the leverage of the debt, it, they would lose 40 cents for every dollar in sales. Again, that's a simplified explanation of this, but that's one way you should look at ROIC and ROE. Negative, massively negatively unprofitable on free cash flow, negative 57% in the trailing 12 month period um, and unprofitable every year except for 2018. Net PP&E has gone up significantly since the earlier part of the decade as a percentage of the balance sheet. Uh, so is there debt? So I told you before. So this, again, I've talked about this in many videos. If you know what these numbers mean on a deep level, you can tell an enormous amount about the company immediately. Where are we at? So I talked back here about the ROE and ROIC. How this meant because it was so much hi uh, higher. Again, I'm used to saying higher because normally this is, these are positive. Negative 40% rounded up for the ROIC. Negative 120% for the ROE. The reason that happens is because of debt. Um, ROE is lever levered by debt while ROIC is not. And because of that, I automatically knew the company had a significant amount of debt. And that is shown out here. At the beginning of the decade, they had 3% of their balance sheet in long-term debt. Now they have 38.3% of their balance sheet in long-term debt. Um, again, typically not good. Cash conversion cycle is about flat over the last decade. I'm not going to talk about that. I've talked about that in other videos. I think I talked about that in the Archer Daniels Midland video. Okay. Negative interest coverage ratio. Again, I've talked about this in several videos. Um, I can't think of those off the top of my head again. So I'm going to do a brief recap of that. Interest coverage ratio covers the, the ability of the company to cover its current interest payments on its debt with its current earnings. Because its earnings are negative on a net income and an operating income basis, this number is negative. Anything above one positive one shows that the company can cover their current interest payments on their debt with profits because of fuel sales negative profitability this is negative meaning they can't cover the interest on their debt which is why they continue have to continue uh continually sorry have to issue debt and issue new shares just to stay alive okay so actually I have less, a lot less debt than I expected. They have 195 million, 196 million in debt for 66 million in cash. Uh, based on that ROE and ROIC, I expect those to be a lot higher. Um, either way, frankly, it's not good <laughs> because they can't cover the interest on their debt payments with uh, profits from operations. So either way, if they have $1 in debt and they can't cover that, it's not good. Um, obviously that's an extreme example, but if you can't cover your debt interest payments on your debt with uh, profits from operations or cash flow, you're going to get further into debt by having to issue more and more debt. 
or you're going to have to issue shares. In this case, fuel cell has done both. Look at this. So just since 2018, fuel cell has increased their debt levels by about 110, 105 million ish or more than doubled in about a year and a half. Again, part of this is due to COVID and stuff outside of its control, but this is what happens when you have an unprofitable business model and things happen, things always, and things always happen, you get into worse and worse trouble. Uh, frankly, I'm not even gonna go into, actually, I'm gonna go into the cash flow statement. I'll show you the, the uh, share issuances. Here we are. So, let's see if I see anything else here. Derivatives, gains, loss isn't great. I'm, I'm very biased against derivatives. Um, I understand they're needed in some cases. Okay, so they generated $93 million in cash from issuances of stock. In the last one, two, three, four, five quarters, they've issued more than $100 million, or they've raised more than $100 million from share issuances and debt issuances. They've issued in the last five quarters about $100 million in debt as well, and about $50 million in net debt after uh, paying off other long-term debt. So between issuances of stock and debt, they've raised about $150 million in the last five quarters, which is equal to their last about two years of revenue. Um, that illustrates how frankly unprofitable they are. That's two years of revenue they've had to raise in the last five quarters from share issuances and debt issuances just to stay alive because of how unprofitable they are. Not good. Also because of how unprofitable they are, they're burning through a ton of cash and uh, as well, which is why another reason they have to continue doing that. Plus on top of that, their stock is enormously overvalued as well. Price of sales, again, I don't really care about that ever, but <laughs> 55 rounded up is an absurdly high press, uh, price of sales ratio. PE, 23 rounded up, price to cash flow two. Again, that's not really a true number though, because their mo all of their cash flow hasn't come from operations, it's come from issuances of share and shares and debt. So that's not even a real number. Without, if you strip those out, this won't even be readable because it'd be negative. Um, just like their EV to EBIT is negative as well because their unprofitability on their operating profit, which is EBIT. So to wrap up, bring you back here to wrap up my thoughts on fuel cell not good on 
really any metric. Um, I don't speculate. So I'm guessing what's happening here is a lot of people have been buying their fuel cell technology because of the whole green energy rush in the last year or so, which is why they can continue issuing shares and raising debt. Um, frankly, that's going to come to an end at some point unless their technology or their manufacturing or their sales catch up because not only are they having issues on the profit profitability front, they're having their revenues fallen by about two thirds in, what was it, four, five, six years. Their stock has cratered by about 97% since they issued a massive amount of shares um, beginning about a decade ago. And there, it, yeah, there's, I, I'm trying to come up with something redeemable to say about fuel cell. Fuel cell. I can't think of anything. Um, even as a speculation, this seems like a crazy one to me. This seem fuel cell is, I don't know, frankly, how they're alive. I don't know why people continue issuing them debt and allow them to continue issuing, issuing and buying their shares. Um, unless it's the insiders and stuff doing like that, or they have favorable relationships with bankers. I don't know how they're still <laughs> raising cash to stay alive. Again, it could be on the hope of the green revolution and fuel sales becoming a huge thing. But at this point, they look, they are far closer to bankruptcy than they are to some kind of massive speculative breakout. Um, yeah, <laughs> again, I'm trying to think of something redeemable to say about them, but I, I just can't. Um, so I hope this was helpful, Kajona. Um, hope you guys found this interesting. Hope you found the talk about the share dilution and the illustration of that share dilution destroying 97 plus percent of the, the stock's value since 2010. Um, that's my biggest takeaway from this is share dilution is generally bad for all companies unless you're massively overvalued. Something like Tesla, which I'm going to talk about in a future video. They should issue a ton of shares. That's going to be another uh, future video I talk about. But over the long term, share dilution is a killer, especially for small companies. So, again, I hope this helped. If I miss something, if I should have explained something better, let me know in the comments below. Um, if you like this video, make sure to like, love, share, subscribe, and comment, and hit the notification bell. So you're notified anytime we release a new video and release new videos all the time. If you want me to look at a stock for you, Kajona, he wanted me to look at four stocks. I've got one, two, three, four other stocks I'm looking at for um, viewers. If you want me to look at a stock, let me know in the comments below. Um, the only stocks I will not look at are banks because I don't evaluate them and insurance companies because you have to dig into their financials to kind of see their real numbers. Other than that, I'll look at stocks anywhere in the world. So if you want me to look at a stock, let me know uh, its name and its ticker. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, make sure to like, love, share, subscribe, all that good stuff as well. And we'd really appreciate a review because the more reviews, views, and listens we get to our content, the more people we can help. If you're looking for some free resources on how to become a, a better investor faster, Oops, sorry, I'm going to mess with my microphone here. Uh, make sure to check out the links below that are after, I think they're after the uh, other videos in this series. You can get five free gifts, including my valuation template, which this these videos are based off for free. You can also get a free copy of my book, How to Value Invest, a free PDF copy of my book, How to Value Invest, and a free 
copy of our guide, seven tips to picking great stocks and three times you must sell. You can get those all for free below. If you're looking for more specific help from me on how to learn how to evaluate stocks faster, like I showed you here, um, and more completely and better, make sure to check out our masterclass, uh, which is also linked below this as well. But until next time, have a great day. Talk soon. Bye.